Welcome, everybody. Yeah. To the kiosk corner. We're <laughs> the kiosk corner. Uh, at the kiosk corner. We're at the kiosk corner. Uh, breaking it down at the kiosk corner. <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome to the second episode of the Chaos Corner podcast. My name's Stephen. Yes, yes, my name's Donovan. And today we are going to be talking about Netflix and all the other streaming providers for movies and films Mm -hmm. and series that we all watch nowadays and whether it it has had an adverse effect on the movie industry and the world of cinema. Um, so it's, it, I'll, I'll set up the argument for you because this is something I've been seeing a lot of online. Um, people argue in the, in the same way that Spotify has, inverted commas, ruined music, has Netflix done the same to cinema? So has the fact that they now are churning out so many things so quickly and now people can just stay in and watch all these programs at home ruined the fact that cinemas are not as full maybe as they used to be. Yeah, it's not an event anymore. So, yeah, we want to. We're going to discuss that topic today. And to do so, we've got some help in the form of a guest. Yes, we have a guest this evening. Uh, very good friend of ours um, that is in a pretty kick-ass band. If I, yeah, t- to be fair, they're all right. In, yeah. Yeah, well, they're not. <laughs> yeah. The management's a bit shady, but uh, yeah. So. Uh, I'm going to leave it to you to introduce, yep. and then we'll go from there. We're going to learn a little bit about this uh, mystery person as we go as we go along. And then, firstly, I'm assuming we're going to want to know about him, and then we're going to want to know his intros. Ah, yes, the important topic no of the intros. No one gets away now without that, because <laughs> that was a very difficult hour of my life. It was, actually. So, Gareth is the lead guitarist of a, what I would call, melodic metal band, is yeah, that correct? Yeah, that's, that's fair, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, uh, called Cancel Tomorrow. Could you, for anyone out there who doesn't know who you are, I know that's hard to believe that there would be anyone, <laughs> but could you explain a little bit about the band and what kind of stuff you do? And Mr. Gareth Millward, take yeah, it away. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Welcome. Thank you, pleasure to great be here, to guys. Have you here. Yeah. Our first, first ever guest. Yes. Absolutely, yeah, it's great, man. It's great, yeah, really, really enjoying we this. We have a live um, audience. So yeah, basically, uh, we're a four-piece. We, well, previously we were a five-piece, but we're now a four-piece, have been for quite some time. Uh, we specialise in sort of more melodic rock, really. I guess in some respects you might even say there's a bit of an 80s tinge to it. We like the old sort of harmonised guitars, a little bit of Judas Priest, I made, and that kind of thing. Um, so there's no sort of shouting, screaming, that kind of stuff. Uh, Emma, our vocalist, she's got... A fantastic voice. She has. She's got a great delivery, and we like the fact that people can hear that and they can hear a message in the songs. So there's no sort of shouting, screaming. We like it to be legible and clear to be able to hear. Uh, some nice cutting guitars in there, plenty of melodies, plenty of harmonies with the guitars and whatever. So it's... Uh, it's it, do you know what? It's a joy to be in, to be honest with you. It really is. And, and you can of, tell you enjoy it. Yeah, and it's, it's nice to try and bring sort of music that was kind of seen better years in the past into today and try and put a bit of a modern twist on things. Um, so yeah, it's it's going great at the moment. To be honest, we're just doing a lot of writing, working on a couple of covers. So yeah, looking forward to next year. So we should probably let the guests know that, uh, or the listeners know, the guests. Um, I'm that, saying it. <laughs> yeah, that you're the guest. <laughs> he knows. The, 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 I actually work with Gareth. I run DM UK Records, which signed 
um, cancel tomorrow. Mm -hmm. We started working with them. And one of the reasons um, that we made that happen originally was because I recognized that it had got those old school values that I loved from, you know, some of the 80s yeah, yeah. metal bands of the time. And you say a tinge of 80s metal. There's a lot of... There's a lot of that influence in there, there I think. But, yeah, absolutely. A bit of hair metal But going. I think the fact that you've got a female vocalist mm -hmm. and another female rhythm guitarist as well adds a core dynamic to the, the tracks. Mm. But Emma's vocal was what really, as well as obviously the shredded guitars and all the rest of it, but Emma's vocal... Give you some credit it, 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 Yeah, yeah. Emma's no, in charge. It, it really <laughs> is really what made it stand out yeah. in comparison to all the other... Oh, yeah. Um, that bands that I'm hook. seeing on the circuits at the moment. Yeah. So that was that was one of the sort of the big. So how did you guys all meet? How did? Well, God, if I'm honest, I'm probably the 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 original member, if you will. Um, Emma came in shortly. Started around shortly the 60s. after. Well, I won't go Do you know what? It's interesting you say that. Um, me and Emma were talking at just a couple of weeks ago. We were in the studio, and she did say uh, that we've actually known each other now for about ten years. As it goes, so yeah, that was that was quite an eye opener to be honest with you. Um, but the band itself started out; there were three different members in it at the time, excluding myself. But then we brought Emma into audition as a vocalist. So we've been together in our old setup, um, where I was the only member, as it were. The other three have moved on to other things, and Emma came in probably about three, four weeks after we'd initially set up. So, like, yeah, and that's about 10 years ago. Um, and then we've had bassists and stuff in the past, um, one of which left, um, had another kiddie and what have you, so obviously home priorities and whatnot took over a little bit. Children. Yeah, this is it, uh, absolutely. Again, so, 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 ruin everything. So his priorities changed, which is fair enough. Um, we got another bassist in from there, which yeah. it just didn't work out, basically. Mm. Um, so then... Because we'd always seem to have, not issues with bassists, but bassists kind of come in and leave, come in and leave. Uh, Emma thought, oh, screw this, I'm just going to do it myself, as well as singing. So yeah, anyone we, can play bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Just <laughs> bassists love when people say that. That's it. Just stick bass to the, is easy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> bass is hate Just that. stick to the root notes. Yeah. Um, then she, she um, play five-string bass as well. She so does. It yeah, nice she, and fat. Yeah, it does, especially it? on that low-end stuff when oh, we're yeah. playing drop D. It's got a nice resonance to it. But she can play, though. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, there's uh, no question. She doesn't just stick to root notes, you know. She, and I've sat in the recording studio with her, and she's got impeccable timing as well. She has. And, and she sometimes has. that can be more important than actually being able to... Well, well on bass it is. Yeah, I think it's the song. There's, there's no question. Do you know what? You can't put too much emphasis on timing, because if you haven't got timing, you're going to struggle all day long with anything that you even try and do. Yeah. Well, bass the the most simple of things won't happen, never mind complex stuff. Mm. So the timing is the first thing that you have to have down. And it's that is one thing that I've got to say that we've always been good with. Yeah, Jim's phenomenal. Jim's quite straightforward in terms of up and down. Jim the drummer, yeah, he's he's quite straightforward in terms of up and down. He'll just stick to a four-four, and that's fine. He doesn't elaborate, do too much flashy stuff. But my God, he can play to a click track like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, that, he, he can just stick to it. Not many drummers can do that and actually play in time with a with a click. First time and that's it. It's done. Yeah. Well, the last recording, last two recordings that you've done, mm. you've um, done with myself yes. and the label, 
Um, track names were Run, yeah. I believe. And Hunting is the most recent one, yeah. Was the most recent one. Both doing well. Mm-hmm. Both sound awesome. Hunted mm-hmm. sounds like a monster of a track. Hunting you. If you haven't, if you, I like hunted. Um, Stay with that one. Go with that one. We'll rename it. That's I'm fine. going hunted. This is your manager, folks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, they, don't, they don't listen to me anyway. Um, but no, it was a great track. Um, I even managed to get some Viking simps in there. I've been trying. That to, was on run. That was, that was on run. That see, was. I've, Do you know what? It worked. I've been trying to squeeze in some extra performance royalties by getting on the tracks by playing something. It worked. Then it worked. It sounded great. It was really good. Yeah, I made that track, really. Yeah. <laughs> it was all about me. Yeah. I even tried, I was like, do you want me to do some backing vocals? No. No, that's yeah. no. Steve, <laughs> sit down. Yeah. Manage, Steve. Yeah. But no, I, I really enjoy working with the guys, and one of the reasons I do enjoy working with them is because there's no egos in the band no, as well. No, I no, certainly say just... there's definitely no egos in the band. And, and, and you just write good music, and it's as simple as that. We've had a good couple of great so? reviews as well, haven't we, recently? Yeah, we did. We've yeah absolutely. Uh, Independent Music Showcase. We were featured in their magazine, actually. Twice. Yeah, yeah, featured in their magazine. There was uh, about two, three-page article, actually. It was an interview that we did with those guys. Um, and they've been waxing lyrical about us for quite some time as well. They like the songs that we've put out, which is good. Uh, so the reviews that they've had with us and they've had to say were great. And they saw us play live as well. Um, Route 69 over in Acox Green. Uh, we I'm were supporting there. a yeah yeah that's right. yeah you Good were there Don. Uh, we were supporting a band that was over from Norway uh, doing a touring band around Europe and uh, yeah it was a really good set and they were there that was the first time that they caught wind of us. Uh, and they really, really enjoyed us, and they've kind of followed us quite closely. Independent Music Showcase, this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've followed us quite closely since there. So they're quite keen to sort of hear other material and stuff that we're going to be putting out. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going quite well. We're getting some, some really positive feedback, which is always nice to hear, yeah. you know. And the next steps going forward mm. is to start putting together now an album. Yes. Um, <clears throat> ideas for the album yeah. I'll, be, I'll be hearing We've, these for the first time right now this is a meeting this is now it's turned into a meeting yeah, but no well, you tell, tell is, everybody what you've got planned yeah we've, we've got plenty of material that's in the pipeline there's a bit of a theme as well to your current stuff as well isn't there yeah are you going to carry that theme on do you think yeah. or? This will segue yeah. very nicely into the next it, section. It will, it will, because there's a whole strange <laughs> so thing. Try to answer it. Yes, I, I think it ties in with, with the sort of eighties feel. Uh, sort of, it's got that kind of sort of Stranger Things feel to it because it goes to back to sort of early to mid eighties. That kind of feel that it has, the vibe that it has. I think our signature thing, if anything, if you will, is probably the dual harmonies with the guitars. Like I said at, at, at the start, it kind of feeds back to the likes of Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, bands that were doing that stuff. Even Thin Lizzy, way back. You know, yeah, way before the 80s, the Kings, back then. yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, but we like to incorporate a bit of a melody to it. So if there's if there's kind of a recurring theme that runs through, it's pretty much that. Um, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of material that we've got that we're working on at the moment. There's a couple of new covers that have yet to be heard, so we'll be looking to put them out there as well and get them recorded because we're excited for people to hear them. One with, was birthed into life yesterday, in actual fact. Right. Uh, and I think it's going to be a bit of a nice one. It's popped out, kicking and screaming. It really did, it, but but it fit right away, and it's there's no better feeling when you're in the studio than when you start jamming something. You look at each other and you go, yes. yes. Absolutely, there's, there's just a look in your yeah. eye. You look across the room, smile comes across your face, you think, this is it, we know we've got the juice with this one. And then and it just flows, and it just flows naturally, and people switch and change yeah. what they're doing, and it all fits, and it's this is one of those One of things. the best things about songwriting. It is. <clears throat> right, so we... 
Where would people be able to go and find Cancel Tomorrow? Tell them where you can find them. Well, we're on Facebook. Uh, we are on. We do have a handle on Twitter, though we don't use it a fat lot, if I'm honest. But largely, it's on Instagram. Uh, we've got uh, Cancel Tomorrow UK, which is on Instagram, so you can follow us on there. Facebook is obviously a major platform, so mm-hmm. you can just basically put in the search box, Cancel and Tomorrow. We can find your videos on the DMUK yeah, Records on the YouTube channel as well. DMUK uh, YouTube channel, and on the DMUK website as well, there's our merch and stuff and bits and pieces yep. on there that you can get T-shirts and tank tops and beanies and hoodies and all sorts of stuff. So go, go, go buy... Go buy lots of their merch. Absolutely. That's the message. Yeah, we look forward to seeing people <laughs> at gigs very soon, hopefully. And dates and any, anything coming up? Currently, no. Uh, we actually we played a gig just a couple of weeks ago, um, but the, there's nothing penciled in the diary for the moment. I think that the main the main focus right now, prior to Christmas, is get yeah, it's getting some material sorted, get it lined up, and then getting in the studio then, and then getting it bashed out and getting big it done. year 2020. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm get hoping touring, so. Yeah, yeah. This is it. We can get some decent support slots and what have you for some major bands, some touring bands. It'd be great. But the, the key thing is to get some material down, get it out there, so we've got a nice chain of material that's hitting people's ears. Mm. Because I think you you seem to be more of a gigging band than a recording band. And I think that's switched. That's switched a little bit since mm. working with Steve. So you've yeah. you've kind of switched from. Obviously, gigging is really important. It is, uh, and a lot of bands get a little bit lazy with. They just mm. want to be in the studio. Yeah, they don't want to be out there in the big bad world. You've done like the opposite. So you've yeah. done all the kind of the quite the tricky stuff where yes. you just put yourself out there. You've yeah, done that. Yeah, you've yeah. done that. You've done that. Mm-hmm. And now it's time to just relax and. Get some, get some stuff created. Yeah, 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 yeah this yeah. is it. And do you know and what? You're doing the, the other way around, which is good. It is. And because we've done so many gigs and we started out and the first thing we were doing was hitting the road and hitting the bars and, and what have you. You know how you sound as well. We do. And we've got so much back material as well. The back yeah. catalogue that we've got is pretty extensive. And a lot of it people will never have heard before unless they've seen us live. Mm. So it, it's great in terms of going into the future for a new audience to be able to hear this stuff because we can put it out there, we can get it on record. And whilst it's, it's new to them... It could be seven, eight years old to us. Yeah. Doesn't matter, though, but does it doesn't it? lose its charm, no. and we still enjoy playing it. Mm. Right. So, moving very swiftly into our new favourite section. Here's the tricky bit, Gary. Okay. Okay. We want to talk to you about your intros. Sure. Um, if you uh, managed to <clears throat> listen to the last podcast, mm-hmm. we discussed our favourite uh, top three movie. Yeah, I don't think I can't go with favourite. I just had to pick three. <laughs> okay, and grudgingly. Then, and then and then top three music intros again. Mm-hmm. And can I just say there were some brilliant uh, suggestions shortly after. I forget the guy's name. There. Mark Plant. Mark Plant immediately. Left hand man. He'll be on here. We'll get him on here. Immediately worry. dropped the bombshell of Stevie Wonder in there. And before I even read the name of the track, I was just like, oh god, there's about fourteen. There is, yeah. There's one that immediately springs to mind, Superstition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Superstition. That, that wasn't the one he went with. That he was went it. with Sir Duke, I think. Yeah. No, I would have said Superstition. I would say Superstition. As soon as that drum pattern hits, it's just the tempo. You know what song it is. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. It's just got the groove. It's got everything. Anyway, stop stalling. Sorry, sorry. So what you're saying then? So let's go with. Let's go. Have you? How many have you given any thought to a top three or not? Really, to be honest with you, just sort of. In terms movies of, three, go. Well, I'm just going with the top <laughs> the top one in really in movies, to be honest with you, just in terms of intro. Oh, okay. And I'm going back to the original version okay. of The Fog by John okay. Carpenter. Yes. Um, Never seen the original. Well, there's a 
probably a reasonable chance you might have seen the remake. I know yes. probably lots of people have seen the remake. Yeah. And You're talking about the really old one, aren't I'm you? talking about the old one that was done in the 80s, yeah, the John Carpenter oh. original. Okay, yeah. I have seen oh, the remake. Uh, I think it was Tom Welling, is it, that's in it? The guy from Smallville? Mm. I wasn't a fan of the remake at all. I okay. thought that it just didn't no. sit with me. I thought it was dreadful. But that's just my opinion. Um, but the original one, I thought, was just class. It's a proper, good, old-fashioned ghost story. And the opening scene, it starts out with a Edgar Allan Poe quote on the screen, just fades to black. And then it just cuts to a campfire. And what you've got is the opening scene. The opening three, four minutes of this movie basically explains what the movie is going to do and what the whole premise of it is, and it's absolutely brilliant. We spoke about this a little bit last week. Okay. I was doing a uh, Martin Scorsese, I don't know how you say his name. Martin Scorsese. I was doing yeah. one of his master Great class, filmmaker. Uh, one of his master class yeah. um, film courses that mm -hmm. he's got. And, and one of the things he actually criticised about other directors <laughs> was... It almost described when you explain the premise of the entire film in the first five, ten minutes mm. of the film that that is kind of lazy directing. I think the fog's a bit different. But, but it is because you don't realise it at the time. And, and, I, did, yeah, and, and I did think about that actually after we sort of discussed mm. it last week. To be and fair that, to the fog, I think that, it's a bit different. But there are some occasions where you do kind of need to fast track yeah. things a little because unless mm. you're doing like a, a long series of films or, yeah. you know, um, mm. sort of like a you know box set. A trilogy or whatever. Yeah, you sometimes have to kind of get to the point quite quickly, don't you? I think, you? So I think, I, what, you've also I think what you've also got to consider in that is that if you look at the majority of Martin Scorsese's films, as phenomenal as they are, particularly cinema, you know, cinematography-wise... Yeah, I think that was his big thing, yeah, yeah. But if you look at the majority of his movies, they're two and a half to three hours long. Yes. Yeah. So he gets time. If you, yeah, if you look at the <laughs> yeah. original... He allows himself time. If, if, if you yeah. look at the original version of The Fog, it's about 90 minutes, yeah. maybe yeah. even 84 minutes. And it's, it's a ghost comes a bit. story. It is a ghost story, that's yeah. right. Uh, and the, the whole thing with the opening scene is the fact that you don't realise that that's necessarily what's going to happen right there and then, but it sets the scene for the film. But the people involved in the movie itself don't actually know this story. They don't know what's going on. Hmm. Um, so you're actually more informed as an audience member than what the cast are. So you're kind of watching it unfold from a story which has been yeah, told yeah. around a campfire, which is a story of legend. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's got John Houseman in it, the late John Houseman, who does the opening sequence, and he basically just tells a ghost story, he just orates perfectly this ghost story from start to finish about this tragedy that befell a group of people that were living in this town, and, and it related to the date and time that all these kids were sitting around this campfire hearing this story, so it made it present, and it was completely captivating. And John Carpenter likes to do his own soundtracks and his own music. A lot of it's quite haunting, it's just a solitary piano in a lot of cases, or some keyboards, some synths. And that's all there was in the background. It was just a single piano that was quite slow in its pacing. Uh, and he finishes up the ghost story, and then the camera just pans up across the bay, and then the opening credits roll. And that's, it's an opening sequence that instantly catches your attention, and it will forever stay with me because... It gives you a snapshot of the film, what's going to unfold, but the way he paints the picture for you, it's clear in your mind. He tells a story that is absolutely clear. You can imagine it in your mind's eye how that would have looked, and it's just absolutely brilliant. Uh, was, and was there any uh, sort of hulky, steroided um, action men in this movie? None whatsoever. Oh, I can't watch it. Then. None it's no whatsoever. It's no good for me. Call yourself, call yourself an Edie's film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none uh, whatsoever. I think no last, week, last, last week I fell into the trap of only describing movies that had action heroes in them, so, so I didn't mean in, uh, to do yeah. that. I was just, just alone. Okay. Just, 
that's just the way it fell. That's a good answer. It was. That's a really good answer. <coughs> Thank very, you very good. Much. It sounds. I have never seen the original. Have you seen the original? I have. I have seen the original. It was a long time ago. Mm. But to be fair, agree with it or not, you put it across really well. Thank you very there much. You go. Great argument. Yeah. Ah, so. Music, music choice. Music interest. Wow. 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 Okay. Wow. 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 Ah. No, don't do that. Stop ourselves right What's now. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't Okay. <laughs> I don't even know how we get onto that. Okay. Music. 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 <laughs> okay. I've got, I've got a couple of intros, actually, in terms of music. <laughs> I've got a couple of intros for music. Hold it together, oh. Stephen. Um, first one. Been terrible for the podcast right there, and then that was the end. We're gone. We're just going to end it now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Uh, um, yeah, it goes back to uh, Judas Priest actually i mentioned them earlier on um one of their intros it's it's considered i think certainly in sort of metal circles one of the sort of great album openers but my god it's a great way of opening a set if you've ever seen it if you haven't i think there are videos available on like apple and places like that uh from a tour that they did in the 80s but uh, it's called the helion mm-hmm. and it leads into a song called electric eye <laughs> and it's just it's, it's just power metal at its best you just you roll out the cannons on the stage and fire them <laughs> off while it's going on you know yeah uh it's just there's power chords in the background for it and then there's a dual harmony guitar that just kicks in and it's just drums you're just punctuating every couple of seconds and it's absolutely phenomenal uh, and it just leads perfectly straight into the song and it just it sets this grand epic opening to a live show so to an album to the song yeah. as well at the same time it so is it, oh, that's what I love about Judas Priest I've, yeah, I've had the pleasure yeah, of working yeah. with you have Judas Priest Absolutely. and Rob Halford mm. separately uh, on a couple of occasions. And I just, I love the fact that they managed to do this sort of hard hitting yeah, they do. metal, similar to your, yourselves, yeah. but still managed to keep this sort of melodic yeah. sort of wave yeah. the, throughout the whole thing. It's just the, really cool. The melody to the intro, it, it's, just, it's absolutely brilliant. It's like you get to the song, but the mad thing is you stop, you actually press the back button to hear the intro again. Yeah. It's, it's one of those. That's a fantastic. So, that's, that's, it is, that's absolutely. That's the mark of a good intro. So, you don't get to the middle of the song. No. Because you, you go, keep reminding it to the intro I want to hear that again. Absolutely. And that's the Helion um, slash Electric Eye because they always run into that with it. Uh, but certainly give that a look. Yeah, and a it's a good example. It's a good example of not just <clears throat> Judas Priest, but obviously Cancel Tomorrow, that metal doesn't have to be ugly. No, it doesn't. You know, a lot of people have this preconceived yeah, idea yeah, yeah, what yeah. metal is. Yeah, yeah. And it's not always the case. It's, it's not mean? always bone-munching stuff. No, no it's <laughs> not. It, it's not. It's, no. th- there's a lot of melody in there. There's a lot of great stuff. It, it, funny, actually... I said in the interview that we did for IMS, Independent Music Showcase, because uh, they asked, you know, they said, where's, this, where's a lot of your inspiration come from? We said a lot of 80s bands, really. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think 80s bands get a bit of a bad rap because people think makeup, hairspray, lycra, yeah. massive hair. That was just a... And I think the 80s and, and, get and a bad rap in general. Well, there was some great so, music that came out in that there decade. Was, and, and a Absolutely lot, fantastic music. A lot of it gets missed, I think, particularly mm. in the sort of hair metal thing, because immediately it's chucked in that bracket of being a bit Cheesy, of a joke. Yeah. But there were some great tracks that came out some awesome guitar lines that were written and they get overlooked and do you know know? what more so for me being a vocalist just some of the greatest vocalists ever full stop Mm. lived in the metal world just full stop I mean you listen to Dickinson's voice it's phenomenal live still today he's faultless we saw him a couple of years ago it's almost operatic yeah it is Absolutely. It, it's, it's insane, the, the, the power and the projection. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of similarities, actually, between a lot of metal singers. You look like Corey Taylor from Slipknot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if anybody listens to Slipknot, and if you've ever heard Slipknot, <coughs> the ones that wear all the masks. I know, yeah. And I know the Slipknot. big growling angriness yeah. that they produce. But then look at Stone Sour. And then listen to, go and listen to Stone, Stone Sour and 
tell me that man is not one of the best singers you've ever heard. He's absolutely brilliant. Through Glass, through the yeah. Glass that Stone Sour did. God, what a great song that is. He did. And his vocals are as clean as a whistle on it. The, the, on, on YouTube, there's a docu sort of behind the scenes with Slash and Friends when he was making the album, his yeah. first solo album, Slash. And he, um, he had Corey Taylor just in the booth with mm. Butch Vig um, of, uh, do, 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 forget the name of the, Garbage. Okay. He was in Garbage. Yeah. Um, he was the producer for Slash's album. And he just had Corey Taylor completely raw. And all you heard was like a camera just pointing at him. So it was just his raw vocal. Mm. And he was mind blowing. Yeah. And I was just, they're in a, there's very few pop singers or even opera singers <clears throat> that could have done what he did in that vocal booth yeah. that day. It was just raw. I, th I think you have to be very versatile to be able to carry across rock and metal to be honest with you, because there's so many ranges to it. You can go low, you can go high. Just just the tenacity in your voice, you can change from time to time. You can go from, you know, dog-faced ugly yeah. to ballads. sounding like an angel. Yeah, absolutely. And the, amount of number of, the number of ballads that are, are metal-based originally mm. yeah, yeah, that yeah. people have then converted into pop. Into, into pop, yeah. I, I mean, we... we um, I had someone that says, oh, I can't listen to metal, it's rubbish, the words don't, you know, it's not making any sense. Mm. So then I actually showed him an Alterbridge song called Watch Over You. Mm -hmm. Uh, with Miles Kennedy, yeah, yeah. and he, he starts it off acoustically, and I went listen to that, and literally the the, the lady I showed it to literally had a t tear in her eye. It was yeah. that she said it was beautiful, she yeah. loved it, and it yeah. was like yeah. the most captivating performances I've ever seen. Well, this is it. I think when, when you say sort of metal bands to people, instantly they've got some sort of doom metal band, you know, or Sepultura yeah. or something like that in their head, where it's all just it's ugly people are bathed in blood and, and all the rest of it. And it's, it's not necessarily the way... There is that stuff. And it's that, bored. It's yeah, like it is. any... And yeah. if, you know, if that's your jam, then by all means go and listen to it. You fleet boots with it. Go to Scandinavia, some of the Swedish and Norwegian bands. You, you live that stuff up. But it's <laughs> yeah. not all like that, you know? It's yeah. such a diverse range and a diverse genre. I think that gets lost on a lot of people. So, so one of the things I'd like to challenge all our <clears> core <throat> dwellers to do, if you don't currently listen to any metal music, who mm. would be... Your five top recommendations for people to go and check out. Wow, okay. Um, Metallica, they've been around for donkey's years and they've evolved over that time as well. Yeah. I'd say ACDC, mm -hmm. if you Always. want good old fashioned bare knuckle rock and roll, ACDC is your way. They don't waste chords, that band. <laughs> they don't. There's a reason they got that name. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, it, it's the tone. You know who it is instantly. Yeah. And I, I've heard interviews and stuff with Angus Young over the past. He just sim he simply uses a Gibson SG, plugs straight into a Marshall stack. It's all he's ever used and it's all he will ever use. And just he go never for uses it. effects, nothing. It's just a raw sound. Yeah. And, and it works. Of course it, it works. works, you know. Um, Guns N' Roses would be another one. Love them or hate them. Oh, it's, I, it's, some of their stuff I oh, like. No, some of their no, stuff I really fan, don't. But I think, but I think what you look—you could be what, mine. What you've identified. Shoot, don't stare at me when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what you said there, racing. Steve, was if no one's yeah. heard it before, yeah. you want to go and listen to a band to refer to. Maybe that someone blazed a bit of a trail. They will be one of those bands. And I think more so with Guns and Roses. I don't, I don't think it was necessarily there. They weren't necessarily as technically. No, no, no. Some of the other bands. Not at all. But what Slash and I think Axel did very well was mm. melody lines and hooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They created some of the best hooks yeah. ever. I mean, Absolutely. Sweet Child of Mine will 
never be forgotten. Everyone knows who it is forever. as soon as it's played. Yeah. You know yeah. exactly who it is. Yeah. You know, so it's that's that's pretty much straightforward. Donovan, you got any metal influences that you like, <coughs> or heavy heavy rock? Oh, heavy rock. Oh, uh, well, heavy rock and metal kind of fall in the same category. I have category. actually got another intro. Actually, Ooh. I've got Ooh. another intro for oh. you. No, they're all coming. Go on, out now. Go which on. is which is now. a bit of a contrast to, to what I've said before. Oh, it's actually an intro. By... Tell you what I want. What no, no, no. It's a metal band. It's a metal band, but it's Slayer. Believe okay, it or not, okay, and they're of the same sort. We were saying before about the whole bathing blood stuff and whatever. Yeah. You listen to when a you lot hear of their Slayer, stuff, then it that's is. what you. That's the kind think. of thing. Even yeah. you hear the name, but yeah, they've got. A, they're called Slayer. So. Yeah, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take you back in time a little bit now, uh, back to the days when I was a bit younger. I, I, if I just can pause for a second, we, we, did, so we weren't I can quite add in a... black and white days here. You don't need <laughs> to start. I just there. want to pause for a second, so I'm going to add the Hobbit music, Doctor Who type. Yeah, you don't need that stuff. You don't need the Hobbit music quite yet. All right, we're not quite Gareth's. That's actually quite good, Donovan. Thank you, thank you. It's got me awesome. slightly I've been concerned. playing my face for years. <laughs> he heard my trumpet intro to Repetite last week and he's going to top That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, that was incredible. That was amazing. Uh, Guest well, spot on the next album, I think. What everyone can't yeah. see is Gareth sat there with his um, small packet of Worthingtons on his lap. <laughs> Sorry. It's a private joke. We're running now. This man is, is not old, he's but not. Steve seems to... <laughs> find endless enjoyment in the fact that he's a few just, years older than it's him. It's just when he had his special birthday, not that long ago. I won't mention your age on, on the Special You can if you want to, right? He was only 40. Yeah, yeah, it's not man finish. Um, yeah, it was, just, it was just fun. And I've just carried on too long now, but... Fair enough. Yeah. Steve, leave him alone. Come on, old-timer. Okay. <laughs> Tell us your stories. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, going back to the days <laughs> where... <laughs> uh, it was a cassette tape. And we still had cassette tapes. Probably many people, well, certainly youngsters, my daughter's like, what's a cassette tape? Oh, they're back then. Um, they? Is that right? Mm. Wow, okay. Ironically. Um, but it, yeah, I, I purchased it. It was a double cassette album, uh, Decade of Aggression, which they released in 1991. <laughs> I wonder how that sounds. Mm. Um, and it's, it's a good album, actually. It's, it's, it basically a snapshot a lot of their live performances over 10 years. And I'll be honest, I'd never really heard Slayer before. I just heard of them and heard about them. I thought, you know what, I'm going to give them a listen. I'm going back to the days now where actually purchasing music was something that you actually invested time in. You know? yeah. So you go, you'd buy a cassette or an album, you know, that sort of thing from the shop. You go home, you put it in the loader. It's an event. You press play. Yeah, yes. Then you take experience. out the inlay card, you'd sit there, you'd read it from cover to cover while you and sat there and the listen to the lyrics. Yeah, 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 absolutely. The lyrics there. You'd read the credits, who were the thanks. Oh, wow, they know such and such, they're no friends Google. with such and such, all that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you became self-informed by virtue of doing that. And you it, there was something tangible but about listening to the music. But you had to, find, to the find out the information. Yeah, you did. That was the difference. You did. Yes. But you, know, you just pull your phone out your pocket now and you can well, find out Exactly, you and it's very throwaway now. But then you were invested in it. There was something tangible and you spent the time mm. to get to know them as an artist to sit and listen to yeah. the album. The, the release date was finish. approaching. And yeah, so it was. When it was. And, Absolutely. And, that, and that's going to yeah. lead us very nicely into now the topic of the podcast, which is... Uh, all about sort of the new streaming platforms for movies. We touched on sort of a little I, bit about... Can I just cut in about that intro for one second? Yeah, yeah the man hasn't said his intro yet. Oh, yeah, he still hasn't told us yet. I'm just setting the scene for you, mate. <laughs> yeah. But well, I'll we'll, get to that now. We'll save that bit for the next <clears throat> half of the yeah. Netflix and movies. Firstly, yeah, well, yeah well, that's coming in for part two. First, first track that came on was a track called Hello Waits. And I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't like an awful lot of the rest of the album. A lot of it, it was, it was it's speed, it's thrash metal. And it's, it's death, and it's death metal. And a lot of it's not necessarily to my taste. Mm. But the opening track started out, Hello Waits, and I was absolutely blown away. I'd never heard this stuff before. Just the intro itself, and it's just short of four minutes long, but the guitars, they're not 
mad riffing, but they're slow, crunchy, the drums are ponderous, and then they're bullet-like, and then they're ponderous again. I was blown away for the first four minutes of that song, and it's something that I will always remember. But it was also the experience of buying a cassette, loading it up, listening to it, reading the inlay and all the rest of it. But that intro, Hello Waits from Slayer, was something else that will stick okay. in my mind. We'll try and stick well. a little insert in, yeah, in, in there and um, let everyone hear what that sounds yeah, like. Yeah, give, give it a listen. <clears throat> so we're going we're gonna to take a little break now, and when we're back, we are going to discuss the topic of the day. We're going to get into the guts of it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and I've got a feeling there's going to be some differences of opinions. Possibly. Let's do it. Let's do it. I don't agree. Right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two. We are still here, and Gareth is still with us. Say hello, Gareth. Hi, Gareth. I'm glad you're still with us. Yes. Wouldn't miss it for the world. It's been great, actually. Really enjoyed it. Right, we're going to talk about uh, cinema and Netflix and Amazon Prime and YouTube and all the rest of them. And what Internet th- TV. Yeah, and what, what these new subscription-based platforms have done to the world of movies and cinema. Have <clears> they been good for the industry? Or have they, like we discussed earlier, ruined the experience? Let's discuss. Who wants to start off? I wouldn't say they've ruined the experience. I think... Uh, I'm very much, well, I say very much, I'm too leaning towards movies because maybe I'm, I'm a little bit older than the Netflix generation. So I mm. grew up with movies. Um, yeah. I like a, a story to be told maybe in one go. Uh, so that's, that, just, that just suits my nature. Uh, I, don't think I don't think the adverse effect that internet TV has had on... Hollywood, let's say, uh, has been uh, has been a general kind of okay. We're the good guys. You guys aren't, you know, you aren't so good anymore. I think it's, I think internet TV has maybe highlighted a little bit of the laziness uh, yeah. and the complacency of of Hollywood. Uh, so Hollywood has really had to up its game. It has, I think that is it, just a good thing. And I think it has yeah. recently upped its game, but I think for a number of years it was falling quite a way behind some it's of these lazy. streaming it's platforms. Lazy. And, and one of the other things I think was um, when when Netflix first came out and it started, it didn't really start with originals, its own originals. It no. was mainly just putting out other people's just movies. reruns. That, and, yeah, reruns. And, well, I, I actually subscribed to Netflix when it first started because I was like, because, you know, it's your initial free subscription for 30 days. Okay, let's have a look at this and see what it's about. I'll be straight with you. It was absolutely god-awful. It, it was. Awful. It was terrible. There was nothing on there that was half-decent. I mean, I, I, I remember the days... Old. It was, yeah. and I remember the days prior to that, and it was Love Film. I don't know if anyone remembers that. We used to get be, posted. We used yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, to yeah, Love Film subscriptions, yeah. and yeah. they got phased out, yeah, and we used to get Netflix them, took them over, or I'm not sure quite how it works. Um what the mechanics were, but but the growth has been, been the growth has been absolutely phenomenal. But I think what you've also got to bear in mind in terms of the cinema, I, I'm, I guess we're talking cinema now as opposed to movies. But my God, I remember you could go to the cinema. I don't know, warrant on about being too old, but I remember you, <laughs> you go, are stepping into <laughs> stepping into the trap. a little bit. But you know, I, I'm not for going tup- for tuppence. I'm, I'm not going that far back in time. I'm, I'm talking sort of 10, 15 years here. <laughs> tuppence. <laughs> Walking around with flat caps on and some. Did you have some bread and dripping that. in your pockets? Uh, <laughs> for, for a snack. I had a bit of parking uh, for breakfast. Yeah. That's what we did. Um, but uh, it was, you, you could go to the cinema. You could have a night out, and it cost you sort of seven fifty for a cinema ticket. Not anymore more man it's like 20 quid yeah. for a cinema ticket 
it. So they've kind of they're not doing themselves any favours. But it's certainly but in the not, cinema by pricing themselves out of the market. Mm, so do you people not think are going to look to, at Netflix as a viable option instead? But do you not think they've had to up the price? The argument is, on the other side, is they've had to going. put the prices up mm. because people have stopped going because yeah. they'd rather sit at home there with their new 219-inch yeah, yeah, yeah. TVs yeah. I think and right. sound bars, which gives mm. them almost a cinema experience from home. Absolutely. So, so then the question is, what is the answer to that? Because they have to keep putting the prices up in order to try and make a profit or in some cases just simply break even. But if they do that, they're forcing more people away from actually going to the cinema in the first place. So you've you got a bit of a rock and a hard place situation there, haven't you? Better I, product. I think, it, yes, it, it and is. And I think they are starting and ex- to do that. And exclusivity. I mean, I know Netflix has actually just recently, and I think it's their attempt to try and appeal to more people as being good for the industry, mm. have now actually started putting some of their... Uh, film. They've recently had a film. I can't remember the name of it, but I know that it launched on the same day it launched on Netflix. Yeah. It was a movie, straight yeah. movie, no series. But then it, it also launched at the cinema the same day. Do you know what? Together. That was the end. Didn't but they do that with Bird Box as well? I think they did actually. And Bird Box never made it to the cinema, did it? Did I it think not? It was oh. just out on Netflix. But I, I know Sky have done the same thing. Hotel Mumbai. Mm-hmm. That was released in the cinema, and bang, it was straight. It was on Sky yeah, straight Sky away. Cinema. Yeah, it was. Uh, and there's there's another one that's coming out. Very, I can't remember what it's called. I mean, now, films but it's like coming out imminently, and it's the same thing again. It's out on Sky on the same day as it is in the cinema. And and but the, again, you, you go back to has all this born out of the fact that people, at the moment, we all know what's been going on economically in the world. Mm. Has this all kind of been born out of the fact that they've seen an opportunity? People don't have any money, so if they could subscribe to something for a ten or a month, then then we still get to see all these great films, yeah. but. <clears throat> We don't have to go and pay cinema prices for it. Yeah, there's a demand, isn't there? It's. I also think it's that throwaway society thing. It goes back to what we were saying in the last segment where it was about you go to the record store, you'd invest the time and the energy to go there, you'd purchase something, and you'd have a tangible experience with it by sitting down, reading to it, uh, re- listening to it whilst you're reading the, the content. And it's the same thing with the cinema. It's like you've got to take the effort to get dressed, go out your front yeah. door, get on the bus or drive into town or wherever it is, and you you make a tangible experience of it. Yeah. But it's so much easier, actually, to sit on your sofa, have a throwaway situation of if it doesn't catch my interest within the first 10, 15 minutes, whereas songs, it's 10, 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. If it hasn't got a hook to grab you, flick to the next, next. flick to yeah. the next, flick to the next. And, I think, and it's become that throwaway society yeah. now, and it's manifesting itself in movies and TV in just the same way as it has done in music beforehand. Yeah, I think the, the only thing that maybe saddens me a little bit is all these things that we're saying about now mm. is the fact, I think the overarching fact is people just don't go out anymore. Yeah. They're not going yeah. out. I, I, know, so I used to go They're not on the high street. See my friends, yeah. Yeah. Because they're shopping at home well, online. Well, yeah, the, the high street's dying on its arse. The quality of TV at home is better than the cinema, so they're not going out anymore. They're not going to the cinema. Yeah. You know, uh, social life, a lot of social life for a lot of people because, you know, we work with... I've worked with young people. Their social life is at home, online. You can speak to the world yeah. online. So They'll only watch one-minute videos these days. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's great. Or it's, half of it. It's great. Half of one-minute Yeah, video. technology has made the world smaller, but I think people... It's made people more missing human interaction, mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. that's a bit worrying. But t- take the experience out of the equation, full stop, though. But mm. has, as the competition of things like Netflix, I would definitely argue that they have massively 
I tell you why he was getting. Do you know why I stopped going to the cinema? And I literally remember having this conversation with someone, and it was probably about ten, maybe seven or eight years ago. Um, in fact, one of the last films I ever went to the cinema to watch was Tropic Thunder, I think, or something stupid oh, like that. Hilarious, yeah, film. great film. <laughs> Love that film. <laughs> but the 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 problem was was it wasn't the experience. It wasn't the problem of that. It was actually the emergence of these new box set series. Mm-hmm. It was those that's killed cinema, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because I think. I think box these some of the box set seasons that have come out. The quality and this new, is this, so high. Yeah, and the new uh, this new concept of binge watching, like yeah, yeah. they release Stranger <clears throat> Things. They don't drop one a week. They drop the entire so series, and you watch ago. all of it in one weekend. Yeah. And and I look, we look forward to that in our race. It's yeah. like we're literally doing nothing this weekend. We are sitting on the sofa with a blanket, popcorn and sweets, and we are just going to watch all of it. And, and we would be the same. I'd, I, oh, I was I was very 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 late to the party in terms of Stranger Things, and then we started. You were watching actually, it. you were like we, was, were, we, we were on season three. Yeah, I remember yeah, you started yeah. watching it. Season three had come out before we even started watching it, and we you were very late it? to the party. Yeah, we did because <laughs> my god, I, I would swear it's it's one of the best things I've ever seen. It's not everyone's cup of tea, I get yeah. that, but when you've got something which is like X Files meets the Goonies, what's not to love about it? <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant from start to finish, and I can't wait for the fourth season. It's class, but that is a Netflix original, as you've already said, and the quality of that is going to put the pressure on cinema to do something that's just as good or better, or that's got an angle to get people and put bums on seats. Do you know the other reason why I think it's been good? is because it's opened up... It's, it's now opened up a world where there are... And I'm a f- video maker and mm-hmm. slash trying to get into filmmaking. But the opportunities... For independent For writers. independent film writers. Yeah, yeah. Authors to have their books turned into films. Mm-hmm. Uh, directors, actors. I mean, I watched... Uh, you watched... Did you watch all of 12 Monkeys? No. No. You were, no. Well, either way, 12 Monkeys is my favourite favorite thing I've ever yeah. seen ever. And half the cast... Now, I do know, having now seen things like Orange is the New Black, I now know where one of the actresses from that came from, etc. Mm-hmm. But I'd never heard of any of the cast from that, mm-hmm. except for maybe one actor. And, that, and then I think that's what I've loved the most. I think it's opened up a world where I, it's not dominated by the same five top directors... It's not dominated by the same top ten mm-hmm. male and female actors. The Angelina—I mean, where I haven't seen a, where's all the Angelina Jolie's gone and all the Brad Pitt's gone and all those gone. That it, it seems to be this new. There's almost like a new era of all these different actors. But it, what, it's cool to have someone unrecognised. Yeah. But it opens the door for people that are independent. Yeah. And that maybe haven't had that lucky break because it gives people a sounding board to be able to put some material out there. Some of it might be utter crap it really might but Mm -hmm. it still gives them a platform Mm. and it gives them an audience you'd say the same thing about spotify and whatever as well yeah it's that the whole streaming thing with music it's really really driven down the value of music oh in my opinion unquestionably yes yes from a financial perspective obviously but it's really driven down the value of music but it gives independent artists a platform whose material wouldn't otherwise be heard i would also say though in the case of music because technology has become more obtainable for people Mm -hmm. it has also driven down the overall not totally before people shoot me down (laughs) it has driven down the quality of a lot of music though as well whereas i think with the film networks it's done the opposite. Mm. It's the streaming platforms have actually driven the quality of the content 
upwards dramatically, in my opinion. Because it's competition. It's, it's, that's turned into competition. Um, but I guess the, the sort of principle, or the way I see it, is the, ma the main difference where you've got with, with music and what have you, you've still got it being dominated by the major production houses in terms of your music and money talks in those circles. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's always going to be those that, that are going to make the vast amounts of money and their artists are always going to be top. When you've got people that are playing the game, because they can afford to, people like Taylor Swift, when they're releasing a new album, and it goes live on Apple. Ah, oh, but it's not free for a week. Mm. And yeah. in actual fact, and let's be honest, she's got, she'll have a batch of millions of die-hard fans that absolutely have to have that product the moment that it's released. Yeah. You know, every artist has got those. And they will pay for it in that first week because they've got to be the first one to hear it so they can put it on their social media page to say, look what I'm listening to. Oh, yeah. It's the new Taylor yeah. Swift yeah. album and all the rest of it. <clears throat> that's always and been That's exclusivity, though, isn't it? It is, absolutely. And that's so something I'm encouraging that, bands to yeah, do myself. And, and she keeps that freeness of it back for a week, and then after a week, it's free to download. Yeah. But she knows she's going to make money hand over fist in that first week, or her record company is. Yeah. It's going to make money hand over fist in that first week because people will download it Regardless, yeah. they don't care. What, what's your what, what's your opinion of Netflix and stuff? Because I know you're you are a movies man. You like going to the cinema. Yeah, you've yeah. recently been a cinder joke, eh? You've, yeah, you've seen that, <laughs> yeah, which is well, really it's... seems like it probably. I, I still yet to see it myself, but I haven't yeah. seen it either. I've heard some good. Well, I've heard some mixed things actually. Some good, some not so good. But I love movies. Uh, I always have done. Um, what I think, I agree with what you you guys are saying in regards to the quality. When Netflix first came out, it was pretty much just reruns of things mm. that were already being rerun on TV, but you could watch them as you wanted to. I don't know how much of a selling point that is. There was a lot of stuff you'd never heard of as well. It's, yeah, 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 and you were fine with that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but obviously over the years, the quality has just gone through the roof. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not a huge box set binger. I had to get my teeth in to say that. Uh, <laughs> however, there are certain kind of boxes I have really got into. Uh, again, we spoke about this last time around. It's a bit of a sticking point. Steve got me into the 12 Monkeys. Oh, that disappeared uh, off the face of money. You can't find it anywhere, no. He was telling me this is the best finale to a box set he's ever seen. Ever. And I still haven't seen it. It's, it's impossible to find. Well, it's because apparently I found out, I did look this up after last week's conversation, and it's actually something to do with some kind of, not legal, well, yeah, legal battle, I between suppose, between sci-fi, sci-fi, who wanted to keep it for themselves, which seems ridiculous, because the world needs to see that. <laughs> but it left program. a sour taste in the mouth. I was like, I said to Steve, I went, this would never have happened with a movie. I would have known what's happened <laughs> yeah. at the oh, end of it. I've just kicked all the microphones. Nice. Sorry about that. So, yeah, um, I think what movies have got, at the moment anyway, uh, over box sets is, and I think it's only because movies have been around a longer amount of time, mm. is iconic moments. Yeah. Those, because box sets, by definition, are long, <laughs> you know, and there's, there's lots of moments, but yeah. if you think back to a box set, there isn't, there's not as many moments as you can say, like, like in movies, yeah. the moment when this happened... The atmosphere, I, I, the mood, the I soundtrack, you know? In fairness, though... But it, they've been around longer, it, you know? Exactly, that's so, what I was going to say. Yeah, they've they've been, had a chance to build that. They've been around a lot longer. But uh, let me throw a little spanner in the works then. Go um, what's, what's your thought on the idea of the fact of... Uh, there's a bit of animosity at the moment from the film world mm -hmm. allowing Netflix releases 
to be considered for the likes of BAFTAs and Oscars and things like that. Um, I don't understand why it's an issue. That, well, they seem to be very precious over it. The Academy and all the rest of it, because Filmmakers Guild and that, are because quite precious about the fact that they don't want it, 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 them it's, involved. It's because, for, because they've run things for so long. It's the same as any industry. Um, so you think they should be allowed? Do you think Netflix and but, that should be allowed? Well, I mean, look, at, uh, what it. they're scared of. What they're scared of is what happened at the Emmys. Uh, Netflix originals were up for 30 Emmys. Mm. They won 27 of them. Mm. They completely wiped the floor with all the competition mm. that year. Amazon Prime didn't even come close. I, feel, I don't think they had a nomination. I think maybe they had one mm -hmm. or two. Some of the big, big top sort of names that you would know from TV didn't get a look in. And Netflix cleaned the floor. It mm. just, they just wiped up with everybody. Yeah. But... It's be the reason it won is because it was the stuff was better than everything else. Yeah, but you can't take away the fact. Okay, maybe Hollywood or film the film industry is getting snippy or has been snippy over the awards. Mm. I've heard that, and I think one of the arguments is they should have their own awards. But it's. But it's we're, we're, it's TV. We're in an inclusive it's world, TV. aren't we? It's TV. Yeah. It's film. Everything's inclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't TV. have it separate. It's TV and know. film. So if you don't like the way that it's been channeled into your house, mm. that's not Netflix's fault. No. You know, people are watching movies. Absolutely. You know, and they're watching TV. Yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. watching it via the internet. Yeah. It doesn't make it any less TV or movies. I'm with you. I think but, it should be factored in. Yeah. I don't see oh, any reason why, yeah, I think why, it really why it should be yeah. a separate they're, thing. They're, they're, I think they're just being a bit precious over it. Yeah, because they're scared. They've dominated yeah. for so long. They're yeah. afraid. Yeah. Absolutely. But... Uh, You've only got to look at um, now. I mean, look at what YouTube's done. Um, and, and YouTube is a free platform mm. unless you choose the premium you know, version. And they do have YouTube originals on the premium version, yeah. which I, I do subscribe to, which is, right. they have got some really good stuff on there. It does tend to cater a little thing for a younger audience, I think. But look at the number of celebrities now that have dropped, not dropped out of films, but are not doing them as much. They're Will, going to TV. You Will Smith. To, Will Smith. used to want yeah. to get out of TV and get into movies. Yeah. Now yeah. You're doing, they're doing the opposite. They're going the other way. They're well, getting out of movies and going to TV. Yeah, and Will, Will Smith's YouTube channel now, is he's huge. I mean, it's like, he's probably making more money from that than he's made from his movies now. He makes sponsorship deals he seems to have on his YouTube channel. He had channel. a decent platform, uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure he... But he's got a guaranteed audience as soon yeah. as he switches it on, hasn't he? But the fact is, waste, you know, like someone said to me, someone said like when he was on there, I remember reading through the comments because I tend to do that a lot for sort of research on what people, what viewers think of things. And to uh, troll people. And someone, when Will Smith first started <laughs> his channel, he was out somewhere with an old friend that he's kept in touch for years who he enjoys scaring for some reason. Uh, he's an old guy. Um, and someone was like, why is Will Smith wasting his time on a YouTube channel? Well, he's doing it for a reason. Will Smith, with the money in the bank that he's already got and the acting career, he could demand any role. Why would he? He's not wasting his time with a YouTube Will channel. Smith he's not needed to work for quite a while. Yeah, yes. but, he, but yeah. He's, he's clearly gaining something from it because the amount of time and effort that he's putting into it, yes. it, would, it seems like he's really going to town on it. Mm. So... It's a venture. Um, yeah, it's maybe a it's just something venture. that he actually really wants to do. And he enjoys he's, it. He's in a position in his it. life, yeah, where financially he's set up, his family is set up, he doesn't have the pressures of that necessarily, although his lifestyle would dictate that he needs to earn a certain amount, I'm sure. But maybe he's just doing it as a personal enterprise. I want to do this, I've got the time, I can do, I'm going to take the opportunity to, why so, not? I think personally that uh, the whole collaborative working is, if I'm being honest... Hollywood's kind of only hope working with these guys because they're trailblazers. 
working yeah. with internet TV because that is the way the world is going. Yeah. And you can kick and scream all you like. Mm-hmm. Well, BBC <laughs> and that. And, you know, these guys, these but, guys that are making these... But will, these... That, will that then signify the death of the likes of your Cineplexes and what have you? Possibly. Because Possibly. That's, everything then is, go- is going to be streamed. There won't necessarily be a requirement for the medium of a cinema anyway, will there? Possibly. And that does make me sad. Yeah, absolutely. But if you are an exec uh, in that world, you have to do and you have to move with that tide that's changed. Mm. So, do, do you not think, though, it is just the case of it could just be? Because I know it certainly was for us for a while. I just couldn't afford to... I, if I wanted to go out and I wanted to go for a few... We used to go to the cinema mm-hmm. and then go out afterwards. Mm-hmm. Or we'd go to get food, then we'd go to the cinema, mm. and then we'd go out yeah. afterwards. That was pretty much a Friday night with me and my mates when we were younger. That's like three separate nights out now. That's three <laughs> because separate nights out. Costs. And, and because of the cost, it's just too much and people are obviously struggling, you know, lots of people out of work or on low-paid jobs. I mean, do you not think it's just a case of it's not necessarily uh, the directors have done anything wrong or anything like that? It mm. might just be a case of people have got no money, they're all skinned. Well, yeah, is there, is that. there is that. There used to be a date night for me and the missus. Yeah, there yeah, is before that. Before we got married, it'd be you go and have some food and then you go to the cinema. Yeah, we still do it. And that's, and that, that's the thing. But yeah, but it's, it's 200 times more expensive now <laughs> than it was then. <laughs> well, yeah. But, well, this is the thing. I think it's a few factors. So you've had, I think there's definitely, there's been some compl- uh, complacence from... Government's fault. <laughs> everything's a government's fault. Bankers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, so... Let's turn it political. Capitalism. <laughs> no, let's not. Um, <laughs> no, stay away from politics. Complacency, enough of that going complacency on. from Hollywood, uh, laziness, uh, and I think... What's some exceptional talent of some people out there that are using Netflix <clears throat> as a medium, I think. Yeah. Been, where Netflix has been clever, they've gone, <clears throat> right, okay, there's some really, really clever people out there doing really great content. Let's just buy them. Yes. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's buy their products. Yeah, 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 and that's been yeah. good for the industry. And we'll give them a platform. Yeah. We know that we'll pay you. Yeah. They basically took the Amazon um the Amazon principle really. They they the Amazon don't didn't sell a single product for many they years. They now have products. Amazon Basics, you know, their own products yeah. with their own names yeah. on it. But they sold other people's products and Netflix was a, sorry, there is a screaming child in the building. Mm. There is somewhere. Um, that's quite a, alarming it's considering a, it's yeah, I didn't think we'd put anyone in the torture room this week. Did well, you? No, did no. you? I thought you'd emptied it. I think Gareth doesn't know about the torture room. Um, he does now. Yeah. So I so think I'll keep I, I, I also do genuinely think, though, I, I hand on heart that I don't get time. <laughs> <laughs> someone really sounds someone, distressed. Someone's. So, oh, is, is it the type? No, it's type. Oh, I don't know. No. But anyway, we. I genuinely <clears> do find that because of my job that I just don't have time to sort and sit and watch. I don't you know, actually, we had this conversation the other day. We, I think me and, my, me and Lucy watch one programme a week on the TV, literally one programme a week on the actual television set. Mm. The rest of the time, all these box sets I watch, I've got completely different tastes in box sets and series compared to Lucy has. So we will actually watch them on our... I'll watch them on my tablet in bed. Yeah, I watch most of them with a set of headphones on. I'll slip it. I'll put them on about ten o'clock when everyone else has gone to sleep, and I'll just watch back-to-back movies or films or box sets or mm. whatever. And that's how I consume them. I don't even watch them on a TV. Yeah, and do you know, so what? we're talking about that, cinema screen. I'm watching them on a no, small tablet. Exactly, and that right there is. I think that is a snapshot of exactly why cinema is dying at the moment because people have that capability mm. to be able to do that. 
they don't need to go out of their house to go to the cinema to see the latest release. You, there's, you've seen what it's like, all these fire sticks and this, that and the other, and you've got chipped dodgy boxes and all the rest of it, where there's a, there's a lot more in people's homes than I think people like to let on. So people can see the latest cinema releases in their own front room. They don't have to go to the cinema to be able to do it. And it's not through Sky, it's not through Netflix. People have got these boxes that afford them the ability to be able to do that. And as you've just said, you'll quite happily sit in bed at 10, half past 10 of a night, watch content on your iPad that's through YouTube or Netflix or Prime or whatever, and you don't have to go to the cinema for it. Why, yeah. why would you go to the trouble and the expense of doing that? to my bed. Yeah. Yeah, no, and... I agree with what you said, and I think that... Yeah, I'm not saying the, it's right. It's yeah. just the way the world well, has gone with it. It's you know? not wrong. It's just what it is. It, it is what it is. Yeah, that's right. I think the only danger, as I said before, is social interaction. Yeah. So I think someone of my age, or a little bit younger, or a little bit older... Just has, mid to late 30s yeah, again. We've been... <laughs> <laughs> the world I grew up in, you kind of had to, to meet people, yeah. or to make friends, or to meet girls, or whoever... You had to go out and meet them physically. Yes. You know, you had to kind of suck it up and speak to someone. Yeah. You know? I mean, how do, you, uh, I think... how do, how do guys get around the first hurdle of putting their arm around a girl without a cinema? <laughs> well, yeah, the yawn. That's a yeah, real, yeah. that's a proper challenge, that, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's a tough I one. I think the, own, the only danger is maybe the younger generation, and I, I have, in my line of work, in education, you speak to young people, yes. you know, uh, you know they they go on they do courses apprenticeships you know college stuff yeah and their interaction skills on a one to one level they're shocking absolutely shocking are, and that different. is the thing that worries me about the way the kind of handpicked throwaway nature not having to you know go anywhere to actually buy something yeah or, they don't have to invest time yeah, energy so, or anything social like events that. the social events you know yeah interaction. <laughs> No, I, I agree with you. Oh, sorry. I've, I've got no I'm, idea I'm, what it's Steve, oh, I've, I've clearly missed something. You, you <laughs> the guy as well. You Steve's corpse in over here. I don't know why. It was, it was you said out. something. But I, 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 I agree you with you. You said something. I was about to say something. Remembered that we were recording this podcast. Uh, Refrained from saying it. And then and you I'll just kept on playing over and over again. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll tell you when we finish recording because yeah. it was funny. Okay. But I don't think it's. You just did like one of the, no. the worst radio yeah. kind of no nos. Yeah, I yeah. can see this, yeah. but no one, no one else, else can. can. And we can't tell you because no. we're Maybe, on too early. I, I think yeah. it's the kind yeah. of thing. radio people do but, that. No, I, I, got this like little in joke. It could be something that we I will put on the corner, but maybe not in the podcast. Good. That's a good idea. Yeah. Cool. So you've got to join okay. the corner. But I'm, I'm with you on that, Don. I think it's the, the fact that social <clears throat> I think the broader is, impact is a little yeah, bit worrying. The, the social interaction uh, between, sort of, I guess, younger individuals these days, for the majority, I would say, it's not all, but the majority, it's it's disappearing. Because they, can't, they can't look you in the eye? Well, the, no, they can't. That's just it. <laughs> there's, no, there's no self-confidence unless they're sitting texting it. The confidence is there at a screen, absolutely. Yeah, on a screen yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. But when they have to interact with someone in a social circle, Physically. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, the level of awkwardness is pretty much off the scale. It's terrifying. Yeah. Mm. On, on, a, on, on a scale that's actually quite scary. But that's not Hollywood or Netflix fault. You know, well, that's, yeah. neither, that's neither's fault. No, it's, you not, know. That's just it's just a product, a byproduct. Yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it is. And it's just really. the way that... Shopping. Yeah. You know, uh, it's socialising. At the end of the day, Everything it's can be done at home. It? Yeah, it can. So, it can. final mm. verdict... Innocent or guilty? Well, I, don't, I, think, I think you can have <laughs> one, can are, you? Are you a there isn't one. Are you, okay, we're not going to say whether it's good or bad, but are you a fan <clears throat> or a new fan of the 
of the old Netflix. I, I, I love both. I, I love both cinema, I love Netflix. I love the idea of being able to go to the cinema, watch a film you've been looking forward to coming out for ages, go and watch it in 4DX. The new Star Wars film's out in December. We'll go and see it. We'll go and see it in 4DX. Guarantee yeah, there are it. Because, certain films, yeah. Yeah, because, because it, it warrants that kind of thing. But then by the same token, I cannot wait for season four of Stranger Things to come out, which will probably be next year. So it, it, it's twofold. Mm. I, I'm very fortunate in, in the position that I'm in where I can say we can go and do both. Mm. We, yeah. And we have, we have both at our disposal. You, you've and I'm actually, happy to do both. Two of the things you've just said there goes back to the bit about what you said earlier about laziness. The films that you've just mentioned have been done like a million times. Mm. It's the same titles over and over and over. It, it, but it, they've, they've and earned those fans already. Yeah, they they have. Have. So you yeah, can't knock they them. Have. Yeah. But, like, I mean, yeah. we've just seen The Joker. Right, okay, it's a new adaptation of it. It's something new. It's totally different. It's The Joker. When will someone write a new character... Oh. And that's and that's the. Big, this that's, is another argument for another day. This, this is, is like yeah, making is. James Bond black. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. making yeah. iconic characters of a different gender. Just rewrite them. That's another show. I do yeah, think that's that that another show. I do yeah. think yeah. that's. Let's, that let's get on Garrett's with that. Garrett's quitting one. his teeth. He wants yeah. to be on that show. Yeah, I'm on that one. You can book me right now. Yeah, but I do think that is part and parcel of the downfall of movies is the repetitive nature of the stuff they're just constantly remaking. Laziness, yes. Especially Disney. I mean, they're at it tenfold at the minute, and they are everything they ever made is been remade now. Um, well, you say Disney own most everything. things. I yeah, think, Disney, I think yeah. Disney owned me somehow, and I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. they, 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 they owned my ass when I went to watch Disney on Ice, and, <laughs> yeah. and it come out bankrupt. Yeah, yeah. And we were all reading Disney Air. Do you know that? Uh, yeah, we Disney we brand Air. Absolutely. <laughs> you know this water you're drinking? It's Disney water. It's Disney water. <laughs> Donovan, fan or no fan? I will yeah. always err on the side of movies. Uh, I don't know whether it's a patience thing, or but I have seen some great great television on Netflix. Yeah. I think my kind of, my final verdict is collaboration is the key. Yeah. yeah. They can they can work together. And don't be uh, lazy. Go to the cinema. Stop being so lazy, Hollywood. Yeah. Because yeah. you've been left behind. Yeah. And go and go to the cinema. Yeah. So, there you go. I think we're all... Do both. I think we're fans yes. of Balance. it. We're fans of it, but they need to do more together. Yeah. Is what we think the verdict is on that. We'll yeah. put that out to That's the fair. corner dwellers. And see what they think. Um, and if you are joining us and you're not a member of the Chaos Corner, because I know a few people who have contacted me, I have listened to the podcast somehow, don't know how, um, like our friends in the States. 10% of our listeners this week have been from America, so hello, nice. uh, hello USA. Uh, nowhere else in the world has listened to us yet, just the UK and US, but that, that's good. We're still getting across the pond. We're on episode two. Yeah. Let's give it time. We'll, we'll, chance. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But um, I'd like to thank everybody for the feedback that we got last week. We're going to wrap this one up now. So um, catch you on the corner. We've still not come up with an ending, have we, really? Uh, no, we need a sign-off. I'll, I'll have one for next time, I promise. Okay. Maybe I'll they still be the sign-off. Gareth, us. any ideas? Let me think on that one a little bit. We can have... You, you need a like, nice little catchy sort of thing to finish off with, don't you? Yeah, yeah. something yeah. about chaos, something about yeah. corner, you know. Nope. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, well, uh, maybe we'll, us we'll discussing what it could be every week is the new sign-off. Anyway, there Possibly. you go. Anyway, join Chaos Corner online on Facebook yeah. uh, before it goes... In, into its Game own crazy, app. Isn't it? yeah. We're about uh, to hit 200 followers. It's free at the moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're, we've <laughs> the got... The key we're, term is at the moment. 
Uh, on last check, we're at 190 followers. We'd like to get that to 200. As soon as we do, we'll be giving that special free mention. We gave one away today to Mark Plant. Mark Plant, got yeah, a left-hand man. He got a free mention there today. Good, there band, you. good band. Collect your prize. All right, thank you very much, everybody. See you again. Thank you, Gareth, for joining us. Thank you for having me. See you later. Take it easy.